Welcome to Hope Is Here, bringing hope to those struggling with life's difficult situations. Welcome to Hope Is Here. My name is Greg Horn. We are taking a look at After Amen, What Do You Do When You're Waiting on God? We're basing some of this off a book called After Amen by Rusty George, written about three years ago. And I'm also sharing some of the things that God's taught me over my 50 years of life, being a uh, just about prayer and um, what God's taught me when I've been in seasons of waiting. And yesterday we started just kind of taking a look at uh, the story of Mary uh, his mom, Jesus' mom, and uh, the first miracle Jesus did when he turned the water into wine at a wedding. And kind of our takeaway from that yesterday, yesterday was that uh, we need to keep working while we are waiting. If you missed yesterday's program, I want to encourage you to go to our website, hopeisheretoday.org, and catch that 14-minute program. I also want to remind you we have a YouTube channel, and most all of our programs are on that. Just simply type in Hope Is Here, and my name Greg Horn, H-O-R-N, and I uh, hope you'll subscribe to that YouTube channel if you've been blessed by one of the programs uh, that I've done or one of our wonderful guests. Uh, leave a comment. It just helps other people find us, and we would greatly appreciate it. But today, I want us to look at sometimes when we pray, uh, maybe the reason uh, we're waiting on God is because we have the wrong why. Sometimes when we pray, we have the wrong why. We're going to look at three or four stories in the Bible, some of them you probably, or most of them you're probably familiar with, but first one is in Matthew chapter 17, verse 5, where Peter, James, and John, Jesus, kind of his boys, the, the, the his inner circle, the three guys that out of the 12 disciples that Jesus did life with so intimately, they were with it with him on the mount, and, and when the transfiguration happened, Matthew chapter 17, verse 5, but even as Jesus spoke, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my dearly beloved Son, who brings great joy. Please listen to him. Well, then, I mean, Peter, he's like ready to, he's ready to set up tents, you know, like, man, we got to stay up here. We need to camp out. I just want to be like this forever. And you can imagine what that happened with Jesus, you know, and Moses and Elijah. I mean, can't blame Peter and James and John and all that. Hey, I want to stay up here for this moment. But that was not why uh, Jesus came for them to do that. Then maybe you can write the story of Mary and Martha. Jesus, uh, spending time teaching at their house and Martha's a, a kind of a type A like me and she got really worked up because Mary was not helping her with uh, the hospitality of getting the house ready getting food ready to feed the guests as people obviously were just flocking to hear Jesus speak so she finally went to Jesus and said are you going to say something to her are you going to do something about Mary and I love Jesus' response to Mary in Luke chapter 10, verses 41 and 42. Dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken from her. You know, friends, that why, I mean, I'm a type A, and I've got my list of things to do, and uh, yet, you know, sometimes it, uh, in the morning when I'm trying to have my quiet time, before I leave my house for my first meeting, the first appointment, and my to-do list starts going through my mind, just spinning. And sometimes, in all honesty, it's hard for me to focus on my quiet time with Jesus. And uh, I can so relate to Martha. And yet, I, when I read this story and preparing these programs, it just reminded me, man, that you know Mary had it right. And uh, 
I just have to be so intentional and protective of that time and just say, you know what, i got to turn my phone off and I'll get to my to-do list later. Another story of James and John and their mother. Uh, you can imagine this being an awkward moment at dinner. Uh, it says about this time that the mother of the Zebedee brothers, James and John, she came with her two sons and she knelt before Jesus with a request. This is in Matthew chapter 20, verses 20 through 23. And Jesus said, what do you want? She said, give your word that these two sons of mine will be awarded the highest place of honor in your kingdom, one at your right hand and one at your left hand. Jesus responded, you have no idea what you're asking. And he said to James and John, are you capable of drinking the cup that I'm about to drink? They replied, sure, why not? And then Jesus said, come to think of it, you're going to drink my cup, but as to awarding places of honor, that's not my business. My father is taking care of that. Once again, the why, I mean, James and John's mother, yeah, they had good intentions, right? But she didn't realize that, you know, Jesus was looking at this kingdom here and Say no, you know God's it's God's business about the kingdom of heaven and and where people will be seated, but also he said to James and John, you don't know, you know the cup you're wanting to drink out of. In other words, you remember Jesus just shortly there, not too long after this, was in the Garden of Gethsemane praying, Father, if it be Thy will, remove this cup of suffering, but not your, not my will, but Your will be done. And so sometimes, friends, our why, even though we think that we're asking for something that our intentions are good, sometimes we don't really know what we're asking for, kind of like James and John's mother did not know what she was asking for during this time. But here's what I do know, friends. God's why is always to advance the kingdom of God. I'll say it again. God's why is always to advance the kingdom of God. When Jesus they asked, why did you come? You know, they were thinking it was like to take over the Roman government and establish his kingdom here. Jesus replied, I have come to seek and save the lost in Matthew 9, verse 13. I love it. Jesus, he keeps it simple. No, I simply came to seek and save the lost. And friends, we have to be so aware of that too. You know, what? what is our why? And perhaps a good question while we're waiting on God is, is this something God would want to say yes to when we're praying? And as I read those three stories, you know, I was reminded that, you know, maybe it's not sometimes some of the things that I pray for. Another interesting aspect of God's why, okay, is sometimes God's why is to be generous rather than fair. Ouch. Sometimes God's why is to be generous rather than fair. Matthew chapter 20, verses 1 through 15, it's a story of the workers in the vineyard. A story about these guys that came, show up. Some showed up 6 a.m. They were ready to work, ready to go. Got hired, went and worked in the vineyard. He told them, hey, I'm going to pay you a denarius. Then he needed some more people, went back like at 9. Sat them, said, hey, I'll pay you what's fair. Came back at lunchtime. Then he came back in the afternoon. And then when he got ready to pay everybody, he paid everybody the same thing. But he only told the very first people he picked up that I'm going to pay you a denarius. The other, he said, I'll just pay you what's fair. And you know, the great example Jesus was making was that, you know, 
hey, it's my decision to be generous. And it doesn't always mean it's going to be equal. And, you know, sometimes when Jesus does that, when his wives be generous and not equal, uh, unfortunately to me and probably to you too, sometimes that doesn't seem fair, does it? It truly doesn't. And yet Jesus is saying, you know, some people come to me at the last moment and I'm offering them salvation. And yet for those of us that have been faithful and loyal uh, for many years, sometimes we get discouraged about that. And it sounds awful, but friends, we know that we've seen that with people. And, well, you know, grace is not cheap, but thankfully it is free because of Jesus. Yet I'm so thankful that God doesn't give up on us and we turn our backs on him. And yet sometimes people, we can get into being legalistic and judging and casting stones at that. And we have to be really, really careful about that, friends. Sometimes God's why also is to restore community. I mean, if I'm honest, most of my prayers, most of your prayers probably can be summed up in three phrases. One, help me. Two, bless me. And three, protect me. And I know my prayers can often be to alleviate suffering, but maybe my prayer should be more about restoring community. Perhaps my prayer should be more about understanding God's why and yielding to it rather than just demanding my ease of momentary suffering. But you know, the hardest answer of all, sometimes as much as we try to align our prayers with God's why, this side of heaven, we may actually never know why. We may never know why. In 1 Thessalonians, Paul tells Christians that they should not grieve as others who do not have hope. He goes on to say in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 and 18, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. I love that, friends, that we are to encourage one another with these words. And this side of heaven, friends, sometimes that community, you know, it, it may not be here. And it may not be on this side of heaven. It may be later in the community in heaven with the Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 55. A lot of you know this from funerals you've been to. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? And followers of Jesus, we know this is not the end. This is, it may be in the community here temporarily on earth for those we love, but friends, we're looking at a lifetime for those who are followers in Jesus to be in heaven with those other friends and family that have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. I'm so thankful for Revelation chapter 21, verse 4. It says, God will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. Oh, I think about that verse so often, friends. And, you know, there'll be no more cancer. There'll be no more suicide. There'll be no more divorce. There'll be no more bankruptcy. So many things that cause us to uh, have tears. No more human trafficking. No more child pedophiles. Just all the darkness, the ugliness on this side of heaven because of the evil one that roams around looking 
to steal, kill, and destroy. And yet I'm thankful there's coming today, friends, where there will be no more tears and death shall be no more. There'll be no mourning. There'll be no crying, nor pain anymore for the former things in this life will have passed away. And Jesus will wipe away every tear from our eyes, friends. Oh, I want you to be encouraged by that today. I really, really, truly do. So I want to remind you of what we kind of focused on this week, that sometimes while we're waiting, after we prayed, after we say it, amen, sometimes we need to keep on working while we're waiting. But then also we need to align our why with God's why and be reminded that God sometimes does things not in a way that we would do them. And sometimes we don't like that, right? But we need to align our why with God's whys also. There's such a big, big difference and big thing there to know that and do that, to align our why with God's why and do that and make sure that we don't have the wrong why. So we keep working while we're waiting, and we also look at our why to see what that, because we know God's first why is always to advance the kingdom of God. He wants, you know, God desires all of us to be in heaven with him one day. But sometimes my prayers, if I'm honest, doesn't, doesn't sound like those prayers. And also sometimes God's why is to be generous rather than fair. And then the big one is sometimes God's why is to restore community, but it's not on this side of heaven. I close today with a great quote from Rusty George from this book, After Amen. Sometimes God restores community with us on earth, and sometimes he brings others into community with him in heaven. Thanks for listening today. My name's Greg Horn, and this is Hope Is Here. Thank you for listening to Hope Is Here podcast. To listen to one of our previous programs or to make a tax-deductible donation, please go to our website, hopeishere.today. That's hopeishere.today. Did you know that Hope Is Here is also available on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter? You can find all of these at Hope Is Here Lex. Also, check out the daily one-minute Cup of Hope, available on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. That helps you keep your cup hopeful. To find out more information, go to our website, www.hopeisheretoday.org. That's www.hopeisheretoday.org.